Hi folks, it's the FPL General here, recording my first podcast of 2019. I'm recording on Tuesday the 8th of January, so I'm recording during the Spurs-Chelsea uh, game in the the EFL Cup. Uh, both teams have fielded strong lineups tonight, so hopefully there'll be no major injury news coming out of that one when, when I finish recording this. Um, if you're if you're listening to this podcast for the first time, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at FPL General. So in this podcast, I'm going to mainly look ahead to Game Week 22, which is coming up this weekend. Um, I'll br- I'm going to briefly uh, talk about my festive period uh, because I don't want to dwell on it too much because it wasn't a very good one. Um, take a few questions from Twitter. Uh, update, uh, talk about a few players on my watch list, the players I'm most interested in bringing in this week, uh, talk about captaincy and and uh, some thoughts on what my plans are for transfers this week as well. So so it's good good to dust the, the microphone off and, and get recording again after a couple of weeks break. Had a nice time back in Ireland for Christmas and, and New Year. Um, didn't watch a lot of football when I was at home. Um I caught a couple of matches today. That was about the height of it. The the only I caught a couple of games in game week eighteen, but after that, I was really just uh, catching highlights wherever I could. So the the eye test pods will return uh, in game week twenty two this weekend as well. So I'll, I'll do as many as I can as I can of those uh, going forward for the next for the next couple of weeks. So any any game I watch ninety minutes of, I'll fire out a an eye test podcast right after the games as well. So. No, no shout, no shout outs, uh, no fifty nine minute shout outs this week. I haven't been, as I say, I hadn't I haven't watched a lot of games over Christmas, so I haven't been keeping track of which players have been substituted in the the dreaded fifty ninth minute. So, um, they, shout outs will be back next week. So I'll keep an eye this weekend to see if anyone's getting hauled off early. A quick a quick review first of all of my uh, festive period. So the last time I did a podcast was ahead of game week. 18. So we've had four game weeks since then. Um, four game weeks where I've had three out of four red arrows. So when I was talking last time, I was around uh, 136k, and over Christmas I've slipped about 100,000 places. So I'm ranked at 245k now. Um, I mean, it's not awful. It's not where I want to be, but but there is plenty of time to to claw things back. So. 17 game weeks to go. I'm, I'm going to remain positive and, and, and you know keep fighting and hopefully my, my luck will turn um, in the coming weeks and months. Um, I go into every season with a goal of top 10k. It's going to be pretty difficult to get there now uh, from my uh, rank at this point. So if I can get to top 50k uh, by game week 38, I'll, I'll be pretty happy. You know, If you offered me that now, I would take it. So looking forward to the challenge um, and looking forward to enjoying the second half of the season now. So, as most of you'll know, before I before I went to the airport on I think it was Friday the twenty first of December, uh, Wolves were playing Liverpool that night, um, and I sold Mo Salah. I sold Mo Salah to get in Sane and Sterling. So the Man City midfielders had been hurting me all season, and I felt the time was right to to ship Salah for a few weeks and bring in the City lads. And just my luck, the way my season's been going, Man City go and lose two games. As soon as I bring in Sterling and Sani, so that was turned out to be a disaster of a of a transfer. Uh, we know what Salah did to me over Christmas: three twelve pointers, um, really killed me over the festive period. And obviously, Sterling and Sani did very little for me. I rage transferred Sterling out for Pogba 
game week 20. So I managed to get Pogba's 18-point haul, which wasn't too bad. Um, held on to Sané, and thankfully he got something in the Liverpool game. But apart from that, you know, that was a, a very punishing uh, couple of transfers before Christmas. So this week I'm, I'm looking to, to get Mo back in. Um, it's going to take a bit of surgery. I'll talk about that towards the end of the podcast. So I've got two free transfers. Probably going to take a minus four. Um, but as I, say, as I say, I'll mention. I'll talk about that. What my plans are towards the end of the pod. Um, Hazard captain fail last week was pretty frustrating as well. Uh, I did captain Hazard. I think it was game week nineteen uh, for his fifteen point haul. So I got that one, but very frustrating uh, home to Southampton for him to blank last week. And I just feel now, you know, I don't really have much confidence in captain and Hazard anymore. Um, so that begs the question, you know, is he worth keeping if, if I'm not confident to captain him? But again, talk about that when it comes to transfers. Moving on now to my watch list. So usually what I do in, in this part of the podcast is talk about a few players I've added to the watch list and a few that I've removed. But what I'm going to do for this episode is just uh, talk about a few of the players on my watch list who I'm most interested in. Uh, at the moment um, and all of these guys are in my transfer thoughts in the short term so defenders first of all Trent Alexander-Arnold is my number one priority when it comes to defenders that I want I've already got Robertson and I want to double up on the Liverpool defence going forward You know, they, they are the best defence in the league this season uh, they've got a great run of fixtures ahead they've got Brighton, Crystal Palace Leicester, West Ham and Bournemouth in the next five so I want to I wanna double up on Liverpool defence, hopefully for the rest of the season, with uh, Alexander-Arnold and Robertson. So he's in my thoughts this week. Another defender who who has impressed me this season, and, and you know his stats are good, and he's, he's backing it up with FPL points as well, is Ricardo Pereira at Leicester. Um, now we're starting to get some information about blank game weeks and double game weeks. Now I haven't looked at it too much myself yet. Um, which is why I'm not going to talk about it too much in this podcast, but I will in, in future podcasts. Um, but one thing that has emerged is that Leicester are a team who are, I don't think they're going to have a blank at all this season. So I'm eyeing up Pereira from game week 27 onwards. Uh, they've got a very good fixture on as well from game week 27 onwards, Leicester. So Pereira is someone I've kind of earmarked for that period from maybe game week 27, possibly till the end of the season. As as a as a defender who who offers a a, a big attack and threat, um, just looking at Leicester's fixtures here, they do have a pretty tough run in a couple of weeks' time. They've got Liverpool, uh, Man United, and Tottenham all back to back game week twenty four, twenty five, and twenty six. So I'm happy enough to wait on on Leicester assets until after that. Uh, but Pereira is someone he's high on my watch list alongside uh, TAA. I'm uh, going to talk about a couple of midfielders now. Um, I'm going to throw one in here. Now, it's not someone I'm looking to bring in, but uh, Jason Punchin, he moved to Huddersfield uh, in the last couple of weeks, and he's only 4.2 million. Now, I'm not interested because I'm I'm moving towards a power five in midfield, so I no longer want a budget fifth midfielder. Um, but anybody who plays you know, a 3-4-3 formation and uses you know 4.5 million or thereabouts uh, midfielder uh, punching is definitely an option now to save some cash you know if you've got someone around 4.5 4.6 as your fifth midfielder punching can be used to free up 0.3 or 0.4 which 
you know, punching is that basically he can be a make weight now for for improving things elsewhere in your side. So he's he's on my watch list, but again, it's mainly just because of his price. You, I don't really expect him to you know get a lot of FPL points at Huddersfield. They they look like they're probably going to get relegated this season. Um, but again, he's he's just a good option as a make weight for for other transfers. So I just wanted to mention him. Uh, two midfielders I'm probably most interested in on my watch list. Salah's on my watch list, obviously, but I'm not going to talk about him because you know he's he's my number one priority to bring in this week. So he he explains himself. He doesn't need any any explanation. But um, two other midfielders who I'm interested in are Christian Eriksen at Spurs. He's he's owned by just six point two percent at the moment. He's got four goals in his last five games. Um, Spurs play Man United this weekend, but then they've got a very nice run. They have Fulham, Watford, Newcastle, and Leicester. Then, so Spurs assets look good, um, and you know Spurs assets could even do well against United. United haven't been defending very well this season, so yeah, a lot of people got on Youngman's son um, and did very well. That that that's a boat I missed this season. You know, I considered bringing him in at one point, um, but rotation scared me, um, and obviously the Asian Cup as well was a factor. So so well done to those who did get Son in, but obviously he's going to leave now after the Man United game. So Eriksen is definitely one to consider while Son is gone. Um, maybe for those who don't have Harry Kane or can't afford Harry Kane, Eriksen's definitely one to consider from Spurs for the upcoming game weeks. Another midfielder. Um, I find it hard to believe that he's only owned by around 10% of managers given what he's done this season Raheem Sterling at Man City now obviously I've had my troubles with him I brought him in uh, game week 18 and 19 for I think it was back to back two pointers and then I swiftly got rid of him for, for Paul Pogba um, but Sterling Sterling's on my mind again now uh, even though it's not that long ago since I sold him I, you know, I, I expect City to Turn things around now, and you know, come out all guns blazing over the next few weeks, and and blow a few teams away. So, I've got Leroy Sane, uh, and I'm quite happy to hold on to Sane. Again, he's around ten percent ownership as well. So, it's nice to have players, you know, these premium assets who are who have got low ownership because if they do do something, you know, it, it, it's a big help um, rank wise. Then, so I've mentioned that Sa- uh, Salah is my number one priority this week to bring him in, but it actually has crossed my mind to get Sterling in instead of Salah, you know, and go double Man City again and, and just back Man City to, to fire over the next few weeks. But more than likely, I'm going to avoid Sterling for the time being and just, just get Salah. And um, I just feel that Leroy Sani hopefully will be enough uh, from the Man City midfield for the time being. But definitely anybody who can get to Raheem Sterling easily or who already owns him, there's absolutely no chance I'd be selling him. Um it's always tricky to captain a Man City player because of the rotation. You can never, you know, we can't second guess what Pep's going to do. But I do think Sterling could have a big, uh, a big couple of weeks ahead. Moving on to, uh, I'm going to mention two strikers on my watch list now who I'm interested in this week. I've I've got Harry Kane, I've got Jimenez, and I've got Danny Ings. Now Danny Ings is a, he's a headache. I had him earlier in the season, got injured, uh, brought him back in, now he's injured again. So part of me wants to just cut ties with him. Um, but then on the other hand, you know, when he does come back from injury, he's got good fixtures and he's just, he's great value. You know, when he plays, I expect him to, to do damage. So I'm probably going to end up just 
suspension Danny Ings for a couple of weeks and hopefully that he can return pretty quickly for those uh, fixtures. Um, I'm just looking at Southampton's fixtures here. They've got Leicester and Everton next, which he, he, there's a good chance he'll miss both of those. But then it's Crystal Palace, Burnley and Cardiff. So holding on to him might be a good idea if you can afford to. Obviously, you know, if, if it's a... If it's a weak point in your team, you know I would probably just sell him and, and, and cut ties with him. These injury-prone players are very frustrating. I'm going to talk about another injury-prone player now who I'm thinking about bringing in. It's Mark Warnautovic, uh, West Ham, 6.9 million. Scored a brace against Brighton at the weekend. Now, Arnie has already burned me this season. He was part of my uh, awful transfer in Game Week 8 where I sold Callum Wilson to get Arnautovic in. Um, you know That was one of the biggest... That was probably the worst decision I've made all season, um, but I'm being drawn towards him again now. Even though he is, you know, he's always just a sneeze away from another injury. We've seen it in the FA Cup. Very odd. He was substitute. Um, they said it was precautionary because he had, you know, he felt his back at the start of the game. So it's always a worry with Arnautovic. Any given game, he can come off early and just get a one pointer. But it's the potential for what he can do. You know, if he does play 60, 70, 80 minutes, which draws me back to him. Um, and another player on my watch list is Rashford. The main reason I'm drawn towards Arnie is because I'm, I'm priced out of Rashford for with the three transfers I'm thinking about doing, which I'll talk about soon. I can't I can't include Rashford in that because of his price. So I'm probably going to settle for Arnautovic this week uh, for that reason. When it comes to strikers on my watch list, Rashford is the one I want most, but it's probably just for budget reasons. I'm not going to be able to get him in this week. Uh, he's been very impressive under Solskjaer, um, posting great stats, getting on the score sheet. And the thing I like about Rashford most is he seems to have the confidence of the manager. Um, he seems to have made the shirt his own, the, the central striking role at United. So when you can get the United striker for $7.3 million, you know, it's a bit of a no-brainer. Um, and, and United have great fixtures as well. After the Spurs game, they've got Brighton, Burnley, Leicester, Fulham. So... I would expect Rashford to continue to do well over the next few weeks. So that's Rashford and Arnie are the two guys I'm most interested in if I decide to sell Harry Kane this week, which is a big question um, I'm asking myself. So going to take a few Twitter questions now and then I'll talk about captaincy and transfers. The first question comes in from Alex Ball. When you're having a poor season and your rank is in freefall, how should we approach the second half? Um, should we make aggressive transfers or should we remain steady? So Alex is in a similar situation to myself, you know, having a bit of a tough season. Um, I think he's only 15 or 20 points behind me, so there's not there's not much in it between myself and Alex. So we're, we're in a similar situation. We have to ask ourselves, how do we attack the second half of the season? You know, do we continue with our usual approach or do we take a few more chances? Do we look for a few more differentials than usual do we take more point sets and things like that so obviously that's something I've been thinking about over Christmas and the way, the way I always look at it is I, I, I tend to stick to my usual strategy uh, and just keep plugging away and you know, just kind of take it one game week at a time I think you know if you if you go searching for differentials you can you can make your you can make your uh, struggles worse more often than not and trying to be too clever or you know trying to chase too much um, I think the main thing is to focus on you know you have to continue making good sound logical transfer decisions and, and not panicking you know and not taking point sets just because you're down the rankings and just you know 
trying to be too smart about things. So I, I'm probably going to just keep a keep to my usual strategy. You know, avoiding points hits wherever possible. Uh, just focus on bringing in the players who I think are going to score the most points. I I very rarely look at player ownership. Um, so I'm I'm not going to be you know when it comes to making transfers, I'm not going to be you know going out of my way to find differentials for the second half of the season. Uh, maybe more so when it comes to maybe the last three or four weeks of the season, but. For now, I'm just going to focus on you know bringing in the players who I think are going to get me the most points. You know, going to, just going to keep it simple. And again, I always just kind of take up, you know, snail pace one one game week at a time. Um, and I, something I try and do as well is I try I try not to look at my overall rank too often. To be honest, um, number one because it depresses me, um, but number two I think you can get caught up in overall rank as well, and it can maybe cloud your judgment and you can maybe try things you wouldn't usually do, but. Again, it's it's for me. It's slow and steady, and you know I'm just going to try and get the best rank I possibly can. You know, sticking to my to my tried and trusted strategy. You know, it has been a very tough first half of the season, but hopefully, you know, sticking to my strategy for the second half, that things will improve, and you know, I can slow and steady. You know, rise the rankings week by week. So that's my answer to that. I'm just going to remain steady, Alex. Um, obviously. If, if a few differentials present themselves and I think, you know, to the best options for my transfers, I, I, I look at them, of course, but my approach is not going to change too much second half. Second question was from Javier Maron. Javier is asking, what are my thoughts on Marcus Alonso? So I have owned Alonso uh, all season and there's been once or twice where I've considered selling them. But I think this week is this week could be the time for me to do so. Now, I would be more than happy to keep Alonso. He's got a great fixture this weekend against Newcastle. Newcastle at home. So, you know, I'd fancy Chelsea for a clean sheet. And Alonso always has... There's always a chance of uh, attacking returns for him, although he hasn't got many recently. You know, looking at the stats again uh, this week for Alonso over the Christmas period, he's still posting great stats. Um especially for things like touches in the final third, he's, you know, he's, he's streets ahead of any other defender. So the potential is always there for him to, to put it all together and, and uh, bring in a 15-point haul. But, so as I say, I would be more than happy to keep him, but the reason I'm probably going to sell him is to fund Salah. You know, sacrifices have to be made for us to get, you know, the big midfielders and the big strikers. So what I'm looking at this week is downgrading Alonso to Alexander-Arnold. So, you know, I say downgrade, but it may not even be a downgrade because Alexander-Arnold could well outscore Alonso between now and the end of the season um, if he plays the majority of games for Liverpool, that is. So I don't really see it as a downgrade, that one. It's it's more of a sideways move, really, which saves a lot of cash. So if I do make the Alonso to Alexander-Arnold move, I fully expect Alonso to get his 15-pointer against Newcastle this week to punish me. But long-term... I, I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'd be just as happy owning Alexander Arnold as I am Alonso, um, and you know, it frees up a lot of cash. So that's that's a short answer. You know, I'd be happy to keep him, but if he allows, you know, bigger transfers and more exciting transfers elsewhere, then you know, there's no problem selling Alonso. I feel. A third question came in from Abel Grant, asking who is the best budget keeper now, um, and he gives three. Three options here, Etheridge at Cardiff, Angus Gunn at Southampton and Goita at Crystal Palace. So I've, myself, I've got Fabianski 
Uh, got him in, I don't know, it was probably about seven or eight game weeks ago now, and he did very well for the first few game weeks. Um, but he's kind of tailed off a little bit now. West Ham are just pretty awful defensively this season. Um, so I am losing patience with Fabianski, but goalkeeper is always a pretty low priority for me when it comes to transfers. You know, I'd, I'd only really ever change a goalkeeper. Maybe if I had two free transfers and I had nothing else I wanted to do, and you know, just use that luxury to to change goalkeeper. Then so more than likely I'm going to hold on to Fabianski and hopefully that things can improve for him. Yeah, if it's not clean sheets, hopefully he can start racking up more saves and maybe throw in another penalty save or two as well. So talk, looking at the options Abel has mentioned here, Etheridge, a lot of people are talking about Etheridge, but I don't really like him um, because he plays for Cardiff and that's the, the long and short of it. Um, he saved three penalties this season, which, you know, that's, if you know, if he didn't have those penalty saves, I don't think anybody would be talking about Etheridge. Um, we can, I think we can be blinded by that sometimes, and I'm not, just not really interested in a Cardiff goalkeeper um, at the moment. Moving on to Southampton, Angus Gunn has, I think he's played the last two games uh, in place of McCarthy. Um, again, I just I wouldn't feel comfortable bringing Gunn in because we don't know for a hundred percent if he's going to be the number one at Southampton. I seen an article on Twitter last night. I I don't know if it was from a very reliable source, but. There was an article saying that Hasenhutl was thinking about giving Fraser Forster a, a run out. So it could be a case that he's just trying out his three goalkeepers to decide which one he prefers. You know, we could see Forster getting back in now for a game or two. Um, and then maybe he'll decide which goalkeeper he prefers out of the three. So that would be enough to put me off because I don't want to bring in a goalkeeper and then have to sell him again in a couple of weeks' time. So I think it's it's safer to hold off on Angus Gunn for the moment. Um, especially if you don't have another goalkeeper who plays. So that brings me to the Palace keeper, Guita. Now, I haven't, as I said, I haven't watched a lot of games over Christmas, but Guita seems to have made the number one jersey his own at Crystal Palace. He's a very nice price, 4.2 million. Uh, and Palace have been racking up a few clean sheets recently as well. Um, I've had Juan Bissaka sitting on my bench, laughing at me most weeks. But I think Guita is the best out of these three. Um, and and he's, he's possibly becoming the best budget goalkeeper option um, for the second half of the season um, but again as I say you know, goalkeeper's low priority for me I'm not looking to change anytime soon but I will be keeping a close eye on Palace over the next couple of games and, and if, if Guita keeps getting starts I may well make a move uh, that direction so that would be my answer to that question Abel I think uh, Guita is probably the best he looks the best at the moment last question came from Ruslan he's asking about Aguero so Aguero looks like a great differential at the moment or do I prefer Kane and Aubameyang so Aguero is on my watch list but I really haven't given him much thought and the main reason for that is I prefer the Man City midfielder so I've got Sané and if I was looking to bring in another City player I think I'd be bringing in Sterling before I'd bring in Aguero Um and as the question suggested, I do prefer Harry Kane and Aubameyang over Aguero at the moment. Um, Gabriel Jesus is knocking around, so you know there's always the chance that he gets game time to, to eat into Aguero's minutes. Um, you don't get that with Kane and Aubameyang. You know you know they're going to play ninety minutes most weeks, which is a which is what we're looking for really in FPL. I owned Aubameyang a couple of weeks ago. He he did very well for me. 
Um, then I, I moved Abamyang out for Harry Kane two weeks ago. Uh, that's worked out pretty well as well. I think Kane has outscored Abamyang last two game weeks. Um, but I, I do still really like Abamyang, and I've even considered reversing that transfer this week. Kane back to Abamyang, you know, with a view to saving a few bob for the for the Salah transfer, but unlikely to do that. But I do I do think Kane and Abamyang are by far and away the two best uh, premium strikers at the moment, um, and I do like the idea of having at least one of them for for team structure. Um, I've I've talked about moving to three budget strikers for the last couple of weeks. I still haven't made the move, um, but I think this week is the most most you know it, it's looking most likely that it, that will happen this week, um, with with possibly downgrading Harry Kane for Arnautovic to get Salah back in. But I think anyone who owns Kane, there's a strong case to be made for holding him. Great fixtures, Aubameyang as well. Aubameyang stats are. Um, Exceptional. I think there's a big haul coming from Aubameyang soon. You know, I wish I wish I could own all these players, but it's just not possible. But again, that that's the answer to the question. Uh, I'm not really interested in Aguero because I prefer the, the city midfielders, and I prefer Kane and Aubameyang as well. Moving on now to game week 22 captaincy. So I put up a Twitter poll last night. Uh, I included four options. Salah, Hazard, Bamiang, and Harry Kane. Uh, it got uh, over five and a half thousand votes, so a good, a good, uh, a good number here to judge what people are thinking about captaincy this week. And I worded the poll as, you know, forget about which players you own. Who is the best captaincy option for 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 the game week? I think that's a better way to to do that poll. So Salah came out on top with forty nine percent. So almost half of the vote went to Mo Salah. Hazard got twenty eight percent. Aubameyang got 14 and Harry Kane got just 9%. Now, a lot of people obviously were commenting as well about uh, Man City players, the likes of Aguero, Sani, Sterling, who are you know very good captaincy options this weekend as well. But I just, I never feel uh, I never feel confident captaining City assets under uh, Pep Guardiola. Not at the moment anyway. Um, I just feel Salah and Hazard are better options this week and even Aubameyang as well. So Kane, Kane's got a tough fixture against United, which explains why he only got 9% of the vote. Um, but there's no reason why he can't do damage against uh, a pretty porous United defence. Aubameyang, 14%. I, um, Aubameyang is playing West Ham. Again, another porous defence. I wish I owned Aubameyang this week. I think he's an excellent captaincy option if you own him. Hazard and Salah. So I'm planning to bring in Salah. Um... I need to make a decision whether I sell Kane or Hazard. If I sell Harry Kane, that will leave me with uh, a captaincy decision between Salah and Hazard this week. Both excellent options. Uh, Hazard plays Newcastle at home and Salah plays Brighton away. Now, I talked already about, you know, I captained Hazard against Southampton. It was very, very frustrating. We know Hazard is very hot and cold um, in FPL and, and, you know, Salah's much more consistent especially against the non top 6 teams if you look back on Salah's uh, season and um, there's a very clear pattern you know he blanks against the top 6 and you know he, he more often than not delivers against the the non top 6 sides whether it be home or away so i think that makes him the standout captaincy option this week given his form as well in recent weeks um brighton brighton are pretty poor defensively um so 
if and when I bring Salah in, you know, I'm pretty sure I'm going to get him this week. He will be my captain for game week 22. And there's a good chance I will just auto-captain Salah for the next five weeks. Um, just not even think about captaincy, just leave it on him for the next five. Um, Brighton, Palace, Leicester, West Ham and Bournemouth. You know, I can see Salah doing serious damage in those five games. So I might just not even think about it and just leave it on him. So that's captaincy covered for game week 22. Lots of options, um, but I, th- I do think Salah is the standout this week. Moving on now to my plans for the weekend. I've got two free transfers, and I'm, I'm probably looking at a minus four. So looking probably looking at making a triple move this week. Uh, bringing Salah in is my number one priority. The big question is, do I lose Harry Kane or Eden Hazard to do so? Um, I want to keep Sane. Uh, Man City have got uh, three good fixtures coming up. They've got Wolves, Huddersfield and Newcastle. So I'm, I, I want to hold on to Leroy Sane for those games. Um, there's talk that Benjamin Mendy will be back before the end of the month. So, you know, when that happens, there's a good chance, you know, that could affect Sane. So I'm happy to hold on to him for the next three and then possibly reassess. It could work out well with uh, Hyungman Sun coming back from the Asian Cup. You know, the Sane to Sun transfer will probably be a popular one uh, in a couple of weeks' time. So, with that in mind, I've I've jotted down two options, which I'm mulling over. Um, and I'll be mulling over these probably until Friday night. Um, both involve selling Alonso. Um, again, as I mentioned, the big question is whether to sell Kane or Hazard. To get Mo Salah. So the first option is to sell Alonso, Pereira and Harry Kane. To get Alexander-Arnold, Mo Salah and Marco Arnautovic. So I'll be replacing Kane with Arnie in that one. The other option then is to sell Hazard. So it would be Alonso to Alexander-Arnold. So that's pretty set in stone. I'm going to make that move this week. Hazard would become Salah. And I would ship the injured Danny Ings to Kamara just as a bench option. So with both of these uh, routes I'm considering, it's going to be a power midfield five, you know, and a move to a 3-5-2 formation. It just depends whether I'm going to have Harry Kane up front or Hazard in midfield. So, I mean, all week I've been kind of set on selling Harry Kane. Uh, It's the easiest way to get Salah because he's obviously more expensive than Hazard. But the more I think about it, um, and captaincy is a big factor in my decision this week. I just don't feel confident in captain and Hazard anymore. So, you know, why should I keep him if I'm not going to captain him? You know, you know Harry Kane's much easier to captain than, than Hazard. Um, and Kane does have Fulham away uh, in game week 23, which is a very nice fixture for a possible captain there as well. Um, but again, I'm really, I'm really. You'll probably get from how I'm speaking. I'm really torn on this. I, I really don't know which way to go. Um, to get Salah back in, obviously there's the there's always the option of not getting Salah back in, and you know sticking with Hazard and Kane. But I just feel it it doesn't feel right to to go without Mo Salah, given his form and given his fixtures. You know he's playing in the playing in the best team in the league at the moment as well. So it's it's not really one to overthink. Yeah, Mo Salah. I think if we don't have him, we do have to get him back in. Um, so that that's I'll, I'll be mulling that over probably until Friday. Hazard out or Kane out. So let me know. Let me know what you think on that one as well, and let me know which option you prefer. Yeah, I'm always open to some fresh ideas as well. So anything I'm not thinking about, let me know. 
that wraps up the podcast for Game Week 22. Um, as I mentioned, the ITES pods will return uh, this weekend. I'll do as many of those as I can for the second half of the season. Um, a quick word on Patreon as well before I wrap things up. So I've updated my Patreon page for the new year. Um, there's a lot more detail there now about exactly what I offer on Patreon um, at the different pledge levels. Um the link, the link to my Patreon page is in my Twitter bio, so it's pretty easy to find that. And you can just give it a read through and see what you think and see if it's something you're interested in. Um, if you're looking to get an edge over your mini league rivals, if you want to improve your rank or just simply become a better better FPL manager, uh, my Patreon offering is something that you might be interested in. The, the best time to sign up to any Patreon is early in a month because you get free access until uh, the first of the next month. So you can essentially try it out for the next couple of weeks and if you don't find it useful, you can cancel before the 1st of February and you won't be charged with things. So you, you get a free trial, basically. So I've got a, a Slack channel. There's about 300 of us there. We discuss FPL seven days a week. That's where I spend the majority of my time this season, interacting with patrons on my Slack channel. I've got a WhatsApp WhatsApp offering as well. You can talk to me one-to-one uh, about your FPL side. Now, I don't make decisions for patrons, but you know I do try to help them become better FPL managers and, and guide them on their way to... Uh, to a good rank this season and, and main, most the majority of patrons just want to win their mini league so that's that's the aim um, I've got a WhatsApp group as well where I post you know anything important that happens in FPL I, I send out a notification via WhatsApp with injuries and things like that um, I do live streams every Friday as well uh, for patrons so if you want to check out one of those live streams this I'll be doing a live stream this Friday night so you can sign up to Patreon to check that one out Um I think that's all I'm left to say. Uh, good luck, uh, good luck in game week 22, um, and I'll be back. I'll be back next Tuesday um, with episode 24. So thanks, for, thanks for listening, folks, and, and good luck. Good luck at the weekend.